So we're going to finish up what we started yesterday. Today we'll talk about our mission. Our mission. The word mission is from the Latin word which means to send. And so we are sent into this world. Um, We're not saved just to go to heaven and to take care of ourselves. But once we're born of the spirit of God we're sent. Uh, We're here but we're sent. And so we're, we're living in the same physical place. But because heaven is our true home and heaven is where our abode is. Heaven is where we, we really rest in our hearts. We are sent into this earth to do the will of God. So our mission then is to fulfill the great commission. And we see that. In uh, Mark 16, I like this version better. There's, I call the non-spirit-filled version, but we'll we'll go through both of them uh, because they are taken from the same account of Jesus's um, instructions to the church. And so, in Mark 16, verse 15, it says, uh, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven. As they sat at meat and upbraided them. (laughs) How would you like for Jesus to upbraid you? (laughs) You know, uh, he corrected them. He's stirring them up. He's showing them, you know, that there's something he wants them to do for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Unbelief really is a choice. You choose to believe what you believe. Once you are given the truth of God's word, all you do is soften your heart to it, receive it, accept it, and and you can can develop your faith just from that simple process of not fighting everything. You see, sometimes you just need to let your guard down. And let God begin to show you some things and and expand your understanding of his word. Help you to receive his word. And so it being a choice when they choose not to believe what he's told them. He's angry with them. And they need correcting. And so when you make that choice. Not to believe God and not to know uh, what he's put you in the earth for. You are, are really challenging his wisdom you're challenging his will you're challenging uh, God and his purpose for your life so the the greatest Christian really is the one who is the most open to receive what God has for them the most open to receive what God has for them go as far as you can in God understand him uh, to the maximum never get complacent and satisfied and figure you well, I've been saved X number of years and I know this and I know that you know these things are opened up to us these things are precious and they're not head knowledge things that we can boast about but these are our revelations of God these are secrets that God has held from the world for for uh, centuries that he's now opening up to us it's a privilege and a precious position to be in so always be open to let God you know soften your heart to his word if there's some things you don't understand and and you don't think that you know you want to obey them soften your heart to understand them anyway you know so many things that come to us the first time i was told about 
being born again I thought it was stupid you know well what do I need all of that for and you know I thought I had a wonderful life until my wonderful life wasn't wonderful anymore you got me and so there are things that we have yet to come to understanding God and it's wonderful if we can stay open and and get rid of unbelief get rid of hardness in our hearts let our hearts be softened uh, by God. Don't get stuck somewhere where you, you don't want to move out of that. God has a greater blessing for you. He said because they, he, they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So there was faith to believe in his resurrection. Those people had it in them when they shared that and they refused to believe it. They probably did it in ignorance thinking it could never happen but a refusal is a refusal as far as God's concerned. Don't ever refuse the truth of God's word and his wisdom when it comes towards you. Verse 15 he said to them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now this is a mouthful. But Jesus means every word of it. He means every word. You have as a believer. You have a right and a command and a commission to go forth into all the world and preach the gospel nothing hindering you nothing stopping you not even deadly disease not even Ebola not even all of the things that that people who are on a mission think will stop them not even governments that won't let you have a Bible that makes it illegal for you to if God commissions you to go and he directs you to go in a certain direction you are compelled by God to follow that you're compelled by God to do it now if you don't believe this this is where where we see mission and sometimes people who have a good heart to want to share Christ with people but don't understand don't have the full belief here in the empowerment of the believer this is where you see people get into trouble they don't believe they'll they have authority over devils they don't speak with new tongues they don't know that if they take up serpents and, and, and poisons it won't hurt them they don't have the faith for that this is why I believe this is all encapsulated in one discussion hardness of heart unbelief will not get you down to verses 16 16 through 18 you cannot carry hardness of heart and unbelief into the commission that God is giving you you can't take out the stuff you think of the gospel that's okay to share and leave out something else nor can you negate believing for your immunity against disease against harm against all kinds of things that will come against you you've got to believe the whole thing before you can be effective and this is where many times you'll see missionaries go over to a country and they get sick and they come back and they can't get rid of the sickness or they keep and they keep going over trying to this because they're not they're too hardened on the inside hardness says I got enough already and I don't need this other stuff I'll just go tell them about Jesus because they need Jesus so bad and they think a a good idea 
or a goodwill or do good mentality is all they need. You can't win a nation with just a do good mentality. You're going in there as a soldier and as a warrior. You need equipment. You need protection. You need ammunition. You need all of the things that God affords you. And so he outlines what your equipment is in this passage. He forbade them to go and preach anywhere until they were endued or clothed with power from on high. That word endued or it's translated clothed but it refers to a priesthood. When they heard that word clothed and dude, immediately the, the thought of the priest, the Old Testament priest in the temple came to mind. And they're thinking, oh we've got to be dressed for this. We just can't go. See there was a sacred uh, uh, commission for the priest to have to be dressed the way he was so that he could be fitted to go into the temple. If he didn't get dressed properly, if he wasn't cleansed properly, he could fall dead in the presence of God. And so that's the way I think believers need to think about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, you can fall dead on the mission field if you're not fully equipped by God. You're not fully dressed and fully robed. And all of those things have a connection to our New Testament uh, spiritual dressing. And so we have to be enrobed from head to toe all the way down with the power of God. So the enemy can't pierce our armor and get in and, and uh, disturb the message and, and hinder what God wants us to do. He's provided full equipment. We're not doing him any favors by leaving out some of the equipment and just going as we are. You, that's not what God called us to do. He called us to be fully equipped. To be fully um, uh, uh, taught, to be fully commissioned, to be fully empowered. All of that is, is what it belongs to the believer. And it is so unfortunate that we have built whole denominations on keeping out the enrobing, the proper priesthood attire that we are to be uh, dressed with. God honors his word. You can go out there and preach the gospel and never see a sign or a wonder. If you can get people convinced of Christ, you know, they can be born again. Because God will honor faith in his word, what they're taught. But it's God's plan for the full power of the Holy Spirit to be known to all his people. It's his plan for that. And so we can't cut corners and we can't. Uh, you know compromise on the message and we can't compromise on the equipping we have to have full equipment because we want to obey God bless you so he said go into all the world preach the gospel to every creature there is nobody who cannot be saved anybody God has you open your mouth in front of has potential to be saved we don't write people off we don't discount people we don't ignore people. Now I know sometimes we, we think we don't do that. But sometimes you can lose heart with people. Sometimes you've been praying for them for a long time. And, and just keep praying. Keep believing God. But sometimes you turn your heart cold. you know. And here we'll get upbraided again. For our unbelief and hardness of heart toward a soul that really needs to be saved. Sometimes it's not their season yet. You know God knows when that heart is going to be converted. And so we have to leave these things up to God. 
depend on the fruit of the spirit to sustain us so that it doesn't become a problem for us God's plan for them if God could get them saved today trust me he would some people just need to be convinced they need more convincing I knew about the things of God from a small child but it wasn't until I got trouble around age 30 that I really understood the gospel and my need for Christ. So if it took me over 20 years think of what it might take for somebody that you're praying for. And so we have to exercise our faith and patience that accompanies faith that makes it uh, easy to wait. Patience makes it easy to wait with your faith. It just does. So you need that to go along with it. But while you're believing for one person, you can be sowing seed into the life of another individual. You can be praying. You can be praying for God to put people in your path that you can witness to. You can be praying for specific people that you know. We should always have people on our hearts that we want to see born again and pray regularly for those individuals. I remember when we uh, uh, had that teaching in the empowerment meeting, Crowns for the Wise, uh, that gentleman always, if he saw somebody new and he would get scores of people, it was like clockwork with him. And some of us struggle so hard, you know, to just get one person. I think it's because we don't put in the effort. If God will do it for one person, he'll do it for another. You have to really see that, that people will go to hell if you don't make a difference in their lives. Sometimes we, we massage our brains out of facing that part of it. It's an urgency that we get to to share Christ with people it's a it's a demand and it's on a a limited time basis sometimes you don't have forever to get around to talk to a neighbor or to get around to do this so you pray and ask God to open doors for you you pray for doors of utterance you pray for doors of of speaking so that you can preach and and so that you can share uh, with people sometimes you'll find that once you you ask that door to be open people will come to you come to you with their needs and that's a a nice thing to have in God to know that people will knock on your door when there's a spiritual need because they they know you and they know who you are they know who you are in Christ you're not trying to be one of the friends all the time and trying to compromise and trying to come down to their level so to speak you always stay at the place where God has positioned you so that they know that when they need something that you're the one to come to. So this is all part of your witness. This is all part of going in to all the world and preaching the gospel and being ready to preach. Your readiness is very, very important. You're ready, but you don't know it. Most of us are. You know, we're ready, but we don't focus in on that and staying you know you know how sometimes the swimmers will come to the edge of the pool and get ready that well that should be us that's our position at all times we got our feet our toes down in the water we're on the edge of the pool getting ready to dive in and so when we stay ready like that then we know our purpose and we know what we're here for and we can 
shift into obedience to God uh, in a matter of a few seconds you know it doesn't you know we don't go away and say oh maybe I should have said something to them I mean that'll happen to you but for the most part you want to be ready when God and know that God wants to use you don't get in this mentality of well what's wrong with me that God does don't start that okay don't even go there Uh, there's nothing wrong with you except unbelief <laughs> and getting ready to be hardness of heart if you don't watch yourself you understand what I'm saying uh, sometimes we keep going over what do I need to do different God and you know all this condemnation type thinking you know as though God's letting you fall over a cliff and he's not stopping you you know if there's I mean God God really does love us and if there's something missing he'll add that so you can do the job he's not going to sit there and scold you because of what you don't have you know I mean come on now he equips us this was his idea not ours so you're not coming in on something and trying to get him involved you know something sinister that you're trying to do and you're trying to get God involved in it this was his idea so we'll just trust him and obey him he will find we're more than adequately equipped for everything I think people think about things kind of in a, a kind of mysterious spooky way or or a, a incorrect way i see a lot of people want to come to church and 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 uh see that as a place where you get to pray for people you get you don't do that you don't get to pray for somebody in church you get out there where people aren't saved you leave the 90 and 9 and go get the lost and so the believers ministry is to the lost now we have we need helpers in the house of God you may be a helper there uh, if I go to somebody else's church and I'm not invited to preach if I do anything I'm a helper you understand what I'm saying you know how to fit in and so uh, it, it's a good thing to understand the flexibility of our mission you can be a helper and cause the 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 ministry to function and function well but you're not waiting to get a turn to minister to somebody that comes into the house of God you're there to get equipped to go out to and that's your mission you are sent out into all the world you're sent to your neighborhood you're sent to your workplace you're sent to the supermarket you're sent in the parking lot you're sent wherever you go you're sent there uh, to do the will of God and and so that so that people can be blessed if you're the type of person that understands how to engage people that's a great gift you know as long as you're engaging them in the things of God some people are not skilled at engaging people but you have a mission as well you know you don't have to be the life of the party in order to draw people to Christ you know you can be one of those people who understands timing understands the prompting of the Holy Spirit um, there was a woman I used to love to read her testimonies about how she could witness to people so many people in a day because she had relationship with God and she would say well God is that which one which one this is she assumed already there was somebody there God wanted her to talk to or he wouldn't have had her in that place and she'll say God which one do you want me to talk to which one and she would 
he would just zero in on somebody and she'd start a conversation with them and be able to share the things of God with them pray for them whatever they needed she was able to do that why she was full of faith in this this commission and this mission that we have she was full of believing that she is to go into all the world and preach the gospel nonstop. don't don't stop for anything don't ask for anybody's permission to witness to a person sitting next to you come on now you know call the pastor or call somebody and find out if you should talk to somebody you can talk to them anyway you talk to them about god we have no limits on our message this is a no limit mission that we have there are no limits on our territory our reach is determined by what's in our hearts so your reach comes from within who are you going to talk to who's your heart longing to see saved who's your heart long- and I'm not talking about some movie stars you know like people say oh I'm praying for Brad Pitt I said don't skip over your neighbor and you know get your neighbor in there too you understand what I'm saying so it's whoever your heart can reach there's no outward limits there's no limit on the number of persons we can reach I I knew some denominational people that kept a record of how many souls they won and I'm thinking to myself you know a little piece of paper and pencil and they write down how many they won today and how many they won yesterday I said I would like to be able to to reach so many people I don't even think to keep count let's just go on and you know there's a um, a, a backlash with with counting and sometimes you can feel so self-satisfied that you say oh I've done my bit I've done my part look what I got done for God you you understand what I'm saying so that in itself can put a limit on it where God has placed us in the earth in a place of no limits so there's no limit to the number of persons that we can reach we reach them by the eternal life force that dwells within us there is a force of eternal life of no end to life of the promise of no end to their life that draws people to us just like that power drew them to Jesus Peter said where can we go Lord you have the words of life and so we have the words of life for people that that are seeking eternal life and seeking help seeking uh, not a limit to to what's going on Uh, they want to continue living they want to live well they want to live a blessed life they want an end to problems they want that glorious life that God promises them and really that that life force in us draws them into it and it's attractive to them they know what they're getting into when they talk to you about the things of God and so never fear that your message isn't coming across the right way or you don't have the right words or take yourself out of the equation take you out and put Jesus in and and be as he would be in the world and do as he would do and and the Holy Spirit will always back you up come to your aid and rescue there are no limits to when we start and stop this mission there's no limits to it you can you can start as a child wanting to be used of God we see children ministering all the time 
We're free to preach to whomsoever, wheresoever, and however. God determines this by divine will. So if you know who you are, you know what your mission is. See, I was never never here as a housewife and, and you know, a companion to my husband and all the professions that I had. I wasn't here for that. That was something to do. You know, my main thing since I've been saved has always been to fulfill the Great Commission. That's always come first. So I don't I don't have to quit doing this and do something else that's more important. And it's not just because I'm a minister. You understand what I'm saying? This is for believers. I've seen believers with stronger draw to win the loss than I have and than you have. You understand what I'm saying? There can be a strong draw to win the lost in the heart of a believer once they understand this is what I'm here for and I have a limited amount of time energy and space in which to accomplish the commission that God's holding me responsible for now you can't get beyond responsibility to whom much is given much is required and we've been given much you have teaching twice a week you have prayer you have understanding you get prophecy, you get all these things. So that's a lot that's given to us. And much is required. Which means that we should be able and willing to set aside anything else we think is important for the sake of getting the job done for God. You don't put aside what God wants you to do because you may not get another chance to do it. You just may not. And, and it's good to understand that God can trust you with these things because there are some situations that will come up where you'll realize you had a very limited amount of time to respond to God and do what he told you to do you see what I'm saying and so we have to put aside this unbelief hardness of heart I'm not equipped I'm not ready all this false stuff that will come into your brain to hinder you from really doing the will of God. These things are hindrances. If we don't understand what it means to die to ourselves. That means die to what you think is a weakness. Die to what you think is humility. Die to what you think. Oh, always lean. Oh, I can't do it. And I'm scared. And I'm. I, 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 I. You got to die to I. And you got to rise up in life everlasting you got to rise up in the life of God and say you know what God I'm going to put this aside because I'm only here on this earth for X number of years and I'm only here to be used by you as I can yield to you and go where you send me to go and I'm going to do my best to be there I'm going to do my best and I trust that when I get in the presence of whomever I'm supposed to share Christ with that you will fill my mouth with words and what I say will be of you not right not uh, perfect not uh, pleasing to them and not getting a certain response from them that's you in there still but if you take you out then you can connect with people in such a way that God will flow out of you when the Holy Spirit anoints your mouth and anoints your words it's always right folks even if you think the response and reaction is wrong what he gives you is right and we have to rely on 
yielding to him by faith and understanding that we are not here for us any longer. We're good. We're saved. We're in there. What we're trying to do is get somebody else in there that may not have a second opportunity to get in there. That may not have uh, three or four chances or, or ten days to think about it or something like that. I used to hear uh, ministers say, you know, uh, God is telling me somebody's here and this will be your last chance. And I sometimes it came across as genuine. Sometimes it sounded like a little manipulation. But if it moves a person to make that decision, you know, what harm have we done? I remember uh, Sandy Brown giving a testimony. Uh, when she lived in Las Vegas, she was she worked in in the uh hotels mostly stealing stuff you know she was like a I think she worked in housekeeping and stuff like that and then she moved up to doing cigarettes and all that kind of stuff or you know passing out drinks and being a runner I guess that was a promotion of sorts but she said that uh when she was working there was a gentleman that had a hit out on him by the mafia and she said she said I remember me and my girlfriends when we would get off work we would go around the back of the hotel and he would jump out and hide in a cab on the floor with us and we would get him home she said and we did that for years there was always this hit out on him she said after she got saved she was out doing her laundry and she was going to her car and she looked up into his face and she said she said she said and I was always free about sharing the gospel with people she said some for some reason I felt ashamed and I felt intimidated she said and I opened my mouth and started to say something to him and she said and he shook my hand and we said hi and all she said I never mentioned that I was saved and mentioned Jesus to him and she said the next morning when she got up she went and got a newspaper and it said contract fulfilled and had his face on the front page and she said I felt she said I felt horrible she said and she said I tell you this to tell you that when God moves on you to speak to somebody she said always share Christ with people she said whether you feel moved or not you share Christ with somebody, especially if it's somebody you know from the past that isn't saved. She said, because you'll never know if that's their last opportunity to receive the Lord. You understand me? And so God gives that mission to his people. It's very important that we take it seriously. It's very important that we take it to heart and make it a matter of prayer. You don't know if it's somebody's last opportunity. It may be their last opportunity to hear it from you. You got me? You don't know. That might have been that man's last opportunity to hear the gospel. He may have heard it already. You don't know. So it's best to do your job so you're not left with that guilt hangover of I wish I had done it and I won't do it again God. You know making all those promises and so forth. And so it's just good to recognize our mission that we are here sent to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So there's no limits on this gospel. The gospel is not bound. It's not bound. No, nobody can tell you not to preach. <laughs> you know, nobody can tell you not to share Christ with people. The, the gospel's free. It's not under man's control. And that's the best part about it. Because once that message is in you, you're able to give that message to whosoever 
would need it and whosoever wants to to uh, be saved or God puts on their hearts to be saved God decides whose whose day of salvation it is you know he decides that and so he wants us to always share Christ always preach the gospel always share truth and let that seed get out there now don't make it like a big issue if they don't want to pray the prayer you know what I'm saying just don't make that an issue Uh, don't go back later and say well I didn't get a chance I never get a chance to pray with anybody you know it's not about you it's really not about us so God determines who's to be saved when by divine will that's all it's all his time table it's all his schedule he just wants us to be obedient that's what he's calling us to be so we are free to preach to whosoever we are free to go wherever he says so we are free to go where he says to preach the gospel the bible speaks of three areas jerusalem judea samaria the uttermost parts of the earth and that was pretty much jesus's pattern where you are when he saves you is your first ground that you want to possess for him you possess your surrounding area your family your co-workers your loved ones those close to you because uh, you already have a heart of love toward those people uh, many people want to skip over that and then go to some remote area well if you don't love those that you already are close to you it's going to be a kind of toughie to develop a a desire uh to really love and save those that who are remotely uh, connected to you so god knows what he's doing he makes it easy for you uh you know sometimes people will say well god send god sending me here and there you know brother Sumrall had a lady once that uh god wants me to go to africa and save all the natives there and and, and he said well, was your husband saved yet no he's not he's a heathen he said well get your husband saved first and then you can move on you know what i'm saying and so people miss the important part about this gospel that it's a gospel of love and that is you love people and those I couldn't imagine being satisfied going to heaven without my whole family going. I could not imagine that. And so God is, uh, has allowed me to see and, and really kind of quickly in my life how to get family members saved. Now just put yourself aside and put criticism aside and put all the other stuff aside and just earnestly pray for them. And not be satisfied until they come in see it's the satisfaction we get sometimes just seeing them drift around that God doesn't like so we're not to be satisfied until there should be a zeal there should be a fervor in our prayers and a desire in our prayers to see them all saved my mother when she was uh, um, close to dying she had been on dialysis for about 10 years and God had healed her uh, a couple of times she had part of a foot amputated and, and then uh, her the toe on the other foot started to it developed a sore that wouldn't heal and I remember coming in one time from church and the power of God was was on me so strong when I came in the house uh, and everybody in the house their eyes opened up and my mother said would you pray for my foot and I said yeah and I went upstairs and prayed my sister Jackie and her family I prayed for everybody in the house it was one of those sent things and so after I prayed for her I would 
you know, periodically. I said, Ma, how's your foot doing? She said, Oh, things healed. It didn't look healed to me. So I did not say a word. You know, you know how to respect faith when you hear it. That her faith shut me up. It shut down my unbelief. That foot healed. And she never had any trouble with the old problems of circulation that had caused her to have to go on dialysis. I had to make sure that she was saved. And I asked God to help me. I said, God, you know, you, you, you're helping me to help people and you call me to ministry and all this. I said, I want to make sure my mother and father are saved. And so um, when she got a little bit weaker and a little bit weaker, uh, she and I talked a little bit. And she talked to me about the time when I had the nervous breakdown. And what she told me, um, I sat on the edge of the bed and I cried. And I don't know how long I cried. And the power of God was so over her. And she shared with me how she and her sister were saved when they were little children. And she said, I asked God to give me that feeling again of being clean and being uh, with him. And she said, I get that feeling sometimes. She said, I got it when I prayed for you. She said, when you were sick, she said, I prayed for you. Then that you would be doing just what you're doing right now. And she said, I saw you coming out of yourself. And when she said that, I just broke. And I thought, this woman knows more about God. And to to have lived the kind of life she lived of struggle. And I told the Lord then, I said, if there's anything I can do to help people not to struggle, believers not to struggle like she did in ignorance and not knowing, you know, help me, you know, show me. And she said that. After I saw that, she said, I was, I was satisfied. She said, I, I prayed and I asked God, I said, Jesus, help my child. And it was, um, it changed me. Because for years I felt that she didn't come and see me because she was ashamed of me. And then I found out that she had peace with God. She had prayed for me and she knew and that's why she didn't come anymore. She knew I was going to be all right. So we can think we know everything about everything folks. But until we come into a knowledge of the truth and we let God show us we don't know nothing. And so God blessed me to be able to see her come to repentance before she passed away. And that's why I feel so strongly about repentance as a way to keep us close to God. You don't ever go think you can get close to God without acknowledging your weakness. This is just crazy folks. This is wrong. And because I know she hung on to this world and the night before she passed away God had me to read 1 John you know where it says if you confess your sins he is faithful and just and she looked at me she said is that really in the bible and I said yeah mama here it is right here she said I have my glasses on she said read it again and I read it and she knew it was the word of God she said you mean God can clean me up and I said yeah and I knew she was gonna she wouldn't be there much longer and so the next morning I had prayed I had asked God it was I think it's Psalm 3 5 the one we gonna have on the pillowcases and I said Lord just sustain her through the night I'll know it's time for her to go if you let her wake up 
and she did that. She woke up in the morning and the nurses said, we don't know what happened to her. We got her up. She was sitting up in bed. And we were getting ready to get her breakfast when we came back. She was gone. And so I knew that God had done what he. But see these are things that it's, I loved her. These things are on your heart to do when you love people folks. You follow through and you make sure that they have every opportunity that God can afford them to be saved. Some of us have had strained relationships with family members and loved ones. And you ain't the only one. That's the story of this world. This present world we live in is abandonment, estrangement, hard feelings, divorce, heartbreak, all of those things. God's love bridges that nonsense and knocks it out of the way. And you know if you've got parents that are still alive, go to God. God, I want to be sure. I, it's my job to make sure I'm your I'm your emissary here. I don't have to go across the ocean anywhere to make sure somebody gets saved. But I want to make sure that those that brought me into this world and cared for me get heaven. You understand me? And we can do those things and you should do them. Because these are the right things to do in God. When you love people, you will do these things. So we're free to go wherever God sends us. He's always confirming his word through his church God confirms his word with signs following which means what we preach we get what you don't preach you don't get so don't be afraid to declare God's word boldly confidently all you need to say to people sometimes is God wants to heal you can I pray for you that's it you don't have to prophesy to anybody you don't have to be extraordinary just truth we know God wants everybody well don't we that's easy to say so he confirms his word and he works with his church the signs following we are never done with this mission we must love him enough to obey him in all things God may give you some extraordinary things to do God wants us also to go forth making disciples of all men and that's in Mark 28 so that's the scripture uh, non-denominational people sometimes use but in, in I'm sorry Matthew 28 and verse 19 in verse 18 he says all power in heaven and earth is given to me go ye therefore now therefore means I'm empowering you with all power just like I have it teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy ghost this is for non-denominational people who pick this up because they believe in baptism and water baptism some not the baptism in the holy ghost though teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always so the same thing confirming his word with signs following so this is the same commission that's in the 16th chapter of mark the 16th chapter of mark is powerful because it details the signs that follow the believer this one does not that's why you'll find many people that will go out into the mission field under mark matthew 28 and not mark 16 because they don't know how to quote unquote produce the signs well you don't produce them god does you have to believe though and so your work is to fill your heart with faith in God's word so that you can believe him to work with you and confirm the word with signs following <clears throat> so the great commission is to make disciples out of all men so you don't stop with 
getting them born again. You invite them to church so they can learn. So they can worship God. You need to connect people in fellowship to fulfill their individual mandate and also to fulfill God's corporate mandate. Ephesians 4.11 tells us that God has commissioned ministry gifts to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry. So God has a system in which he wants to place people so that they can learn of him. A disciple simply means a student. So we are students of the gospel. We are students of Christ. We are students of the Bible. We are students of God. We are students of the word. We are students of the supernatural. And so this is how we learn the supernatural is in fellowship and in corporate gathering. The Bible tells us that that God gave this commission to Moses when Moses was a preacher. We forget that sometimes. But God says you gather the people together. So leaders fivefold are the only ones God commissions to gather the people together. Got me? He said, You gather them together and I will cause them to hear your words. So when we're under authority of God, the anointing falls on that leader that he is called to gather his people, and then God anoints him so that the people will hear. If God doesn't anoint people to hear, they don't hear. I don't care how much you talk, how loud you talk, how much you jump around, those people will will be there but God's talking about hearing so that faith comes into their hearts he's talking about the hearing of the word so that people can mix that word with faith and that word can prosper and profit them and so God does that and that's how he makes disciples that's how we're to make disciples out of all men get them into fellowship get them into regular and consistent attendance in a local assembly get them to find out where they're assigned get them to find out details about what God's called them to do the specific things the nuances the things that are peculiar to their gift and their calling let them demonstrate that God is working with them let them get confidence that God will use them many times people that 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 will will say they'll they'll be given a job to do in a local fellowship that's kind of like your training for getting out and doing a greater work for god that's just so common knowledge it's it's you know sad people don't catch on to it but you'll see these kind of little renegade i call them renegade people that wandering herd of sheep that goes from place to place you know the next hot place in town they'll show up there and they'll fill up that place and then they start moving again they go to the next hot place in town because they're they've not been instructed in the fact that god has a place for them and that he wants them to be there and to be planted in that place so that they can grow. And so what will generally happen with individuals like that, they move around, they look for things to get upset about. They keep their feelers out instead of keeping faith out so they can grow. They retract their faith and leave feelers out so that they can get offended by something and, and then move on. As though offense is a reason for moving on. Uh, offense is a reason to forgive and to learn how to be a Christian and so once you understand that that's why you're there to learn how to be a Christian you'll stay planted and understand that it's the enemy that's trying to move you so that you won't grow 
so that you won't ever get planted and so that you won't fulfill the great commission that God has set you here to do and and that's a big reason why we don't have more believers out there doing the works of God why we don't have more of the word confirmed because many people see church as a social organization and organism rather than a place where disciples are made and so if we can stay with that and understand and instruct people you know what uh, just come you know what I'm saying God has something for you when you come just come and then see what God has for you and keep it focused on what they're to receive from God and not people 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 made in the image of God but we get it in the wrong order you know, we come for people instead of coming for God, and then we'll, people will cause us to disconnect from God if we if we continue. So we come together for purposes of fellowship, empowerment, ministry, and teaching. That's what the church is for. For fellowship, because you need that. You need to look into the face of somebody who looks just like you. Somebody who believes like you. Somebody who uh, has the same goals that you have. And so in that way people can get the impression it's some kind of clique or club. But you're there to connect with people to strengthen one another. It'd be hard to live this life if you didn't know there was somebody out here who felt about God like you do. Who understands God better than you do. Who needs to understand God and needs you to encourage them for those things. So we come together for empowerment, ministry, and teaching. We are to build each other up in a real way. Not false things. Not the flesh, not manipulating each other, not having your little click in the corner and you know nobody else can get involved kind of thing. But make sure that you know how to be led by the Spirit of God in your fellowship. Led to connect properly with people. Sometimes a person that you uh, can connect with the best, you'll skip over them because you're looking for somebody that, that, you know, you get along with in the flesh. You know what I'm saying? It's emotional type of connections. We put those aside and allow God to grow us up spiritually so we connect properly with people. There's so many people that you can connect with in God's kingdom. You want to connect properly with them. You know, you uh, preachers have to be careful. You're not always trying to pass out a business card so somebody can recommend you to come preach. Or you can go preach for somebody and make money, that kind of thing. You have to make sure you connect properly spiritually with people to strengthen one another. Uh, there are ways to connect with uh, other believers for mutual strength and so we we have to understand that you have to be honest vulnerable to a degree you have to open up to people and share with them the things that God would put on your heart to share thereby strengthening one another and and it's a good thing when we can understand that so that's all part of discipleship discipleship then empowers us to be sent it empowers us for the mission the mission is not the same as ministry we're sent here there and everywhere ministry is what pours out of us after we're sent so your your mission everybody's sent and it doesn't mean getting on a boat and going across to another continent it just means you're sent from God to do what he wants you to do and to to connect with people in the way that he wants you to connect be 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 uh um, uh, 
sensitive to speak what God wants you to speak and to say what God wants you to say and to uh, always be open <clears throat> to God taking you off of your normal you know step and formula way of dealing with people to really tap into wisdom and knowledge and, and uh, the, the gifts of the spirit to operate through you can get a word of knowledge about uh, how to approach a person or what you might say to them to let them get that message from God sometimes people just need to be encouraged that God sees them loves them cares about them and when they know you're a Christian they expect that they would get some kind of God reaction from you or God ministry from you they they expect that and so we have to be understanding of that that people expect us to behave as Christians and to be able to offer them something that they're wanting God to give them. So being God's ambassadors here, we know that we can uh, can uh, expect God to give people an enlightenment, a touch. Sometimes uh, we can pray the prayer of salvation with them. Sometimes your witness is merely to tell them something that you know about God. And that's important. It's very important that we give people these true pictures of who God is because people lie about God so much. The the devil perpetrate so many lies about God he doesn't love you he doesn't care about you he's not interested in this he's going to send you to hell he just wants to his people criticize everybody they, there's no love in the church you'll see church people repeating that nonsense if there's no love in the church where is it on this earth of course it's in the church of course it's in the church we have to be better but it won't come through you if you believe it's not there you see what I'm saying and so those tricks of the enemy We need to know and and we need to expect that the enemy will try and challenge us in these ways. Um, Be open as I was saying and I'll, I'll close with this to understanding to modifying the way that you reach people now I'm I'm going to share some unique ways that I've seen people minister for Christ Um, when I first started watching anybody ever watch Dog the Bounty Hunter when I first started watching that I was appalled my my religious Christian self was appalled that they could go and talk to Bow, uh, talk to their uh, you know people you know their their bail bondsmen, and so if they somebody jumped bail, they would have to go on a bounty hunt to apprehend these people, and so they were good at what they did, I guess. And I just was appalled. They cussed these people up one side and down the other, and didn't get in the back of the van and pray with them. And I'm saying, wait a minute, all that I know, God left when y'all cussed. <laughs> How these show back up again so fast? You under you feel me? See you. God will blow your mind. He blow your mind. And you know, at the same time, <clears throat> I'm prophesying about God using believers in unique ways and God empowering believers this is the believers hour he wants us to be prophetic people you know that have a message all all this kind of stuff and then you see a believer operating in the power of God and you don't like the way they do it and so God had to show me how to not judge and how to even be flexible myself 
He said, I show you this because it's very easy for for people to get into a routine, get into a habit, get into a program, think I won't show up if they make a mistake or if they use a language that's not he said, I can I can move he said, I can move on your heart in a minute if I see somebody who needs how do you think I use you? You may not be cousin like they do, but you do other things. We all do. And so if God is willing to use them, far be it from me to criticize and try to stop them from being used. Now, that's how they're used in their element. That type of activity is their Jerusalem. You understand what I'm saying? They're winning their Jerusalem because they give people hope. If they have to turn somebody in, to jail they pray with them before they go into that jail and they pray that God will touch me say man do you want to stop taking drugs is that what's messing you up I'm going to pray with you you got kids you got to stay strong for your kids just whatever they can tell them to get hope in them you got me the best hope is is to comes from somebody who gives only hope and that's what God gives. He's not giving them a bailout. He's not giving them a, a easy way out of their trouble. He's not trying to get them off off of anything except off of a bad life. And they they confront them about the way they live and the choices they make and they tell them this is your time with God to make a better choice and we're going to pray for you before you go into this place we're going to pray for God to see you through this and get you the help you need so you can get out and be a normal person you know that kind of thing and so to that degree God is being glorified through people who are not where you and I are they're not where uh, we come from but they are carrying the message they have sensed the mission they've sensed the message and they're devoted to it and God will use anybody who senses the mission the message and will get devoted to it amen so that's what he wants us to do why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for giving us understanding for giving us knowledge blessing hope encouragement through your word We bless you, we thank you, and we praise you, and we magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up.